when you start a relationship um, at a young age, you are growing physically growing a lot with this person physically growing like you know you're a teenager and now you're an adult and you're still together you've spent a lot of growing time with this person and then if y'all break up it's easy to feel like half of an individual because you did so much growing but I think you need to take that time to properly understand what happened why it happened how it happened and how do you never go through that again this is sad boy radio what's going on everybody welcome back sad boy radio i'm your host matt and today we got a very special guest man he's the lyrical lemonade winner what was it the rising stars the rising stars yeah yeah. the rising stars showcase winner he's a tiktok mastermind and the founder of Exit the Premises. Ah, no, 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 don't say that. No. Golden Boy Manny is the founder. He brought us all together, um, but we started it a long time ago. I would say, like, we all knew each other from school and stuff, but, like, 2016 is when we really started um, working, and, and we put a name on it. Okay, so go ahead and introduce yourself, man. I'm a solo cello. I'm an artist from Chicago, and, uh, yeah, just just doing my thing. Um, yeah. I make rap, I make pop, I make all sorts of flavors. His thing is going crazy. That that That's what his thing is. Pause. <laughs> but yeah, man, you had quite the year. 3.4 million streams on Spotify alone. Yeah, four songs. For real, off of just four songs, TikTok blew you up. So talk about that experience a little bit before we get, you know, totally into it. I've been making music like a long time. Um, and once the pandemic hit, I kind of took a break you know I didn't really know what I wanted to do where I wanted to go um obviously couldn't do shows you know I mean no one was doing events so it was kind of hard to navigate you know by myself as an independent artist you know I got Sean um but like it it was hard um and so I kind of took a break from making music for a while and I was working like any job I could get you know what I mean um and I, I was an engineer at a publishing company and another studio and then i also worked at like you know trader joe's like random jobs and then there was like a crazy week in 2021 um i remember it like it was like snowing it was like a blizzard can't see 10 feet in front of you i'm working and and i have a meeting with uh like my manager at trader joe's and he's like brings me downstairs they had like a little office and they're like you know thank you for your time but we're gonna have to fire you I was like, what? Like, why? And it was because I did some, like, bullshit. I gave somebody a discount that didn't work there or something. I was like, what the fuck? Like, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Like, that's what it is? Like, give me a slap on the wrist. Come my hour or something. You know what I mean? But that was it. And I had to walk home in this blizzard. And on the walk, I was like, okay, this has to be it. Like, I can't work a job anymore. I can't be a fucking engineer anymore. Like, I can't. Like, that's not what I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be an artist. Like, a creative. And I didn't feel like I was I was really living up to my potential. After that, I literally said, like, okay, I'm never having a job again. Like, time to go. So I started going crazy with TikTok. I started posting three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten videos a day. Like, tutorials, how to mix, how to master, how to make music videos, how to meet a manager, how to throw shows, how to do this, how to do that. You know, um, just anything I could do. Like, anything that popped into my head. 
And like I told you before the interview, like I literally turned my brain off for like a year. I was just making so many videos. And then um, I just started growing the platform. And then once I had like 10K or something, I started like promoting myself as an artist. Um, And that was cool because I didn't really know where to go or what to do again. But it was in a different way. I was like, I know I'm supposed to be here. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I kept making videos, kept doing stuff, kept dropping songs. And then uh, I made Broken. Mm. And that was like the one that really started to take off. And then I dropped on Solo. Mm. And that shit. That shit went crazy. Went crazy. And more than just TikTok, started posting on Instagram. Went crazy on Instagram. Like it actually went crazier on Instagram than it did on TikTok. Which I haven't, like, seen before. The summer for reals, bro? That shit went fucking nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. I had, like, four or five videos to hit over a million on on Instagram. I'm like, this is insane. So, yeah, then I dropped Soho. That was cool. A lot of people liked that song. And then Happy Ever After. And now we're here. We're going to definitely touch on those songs a little bit later uh, in a different aspect, though. But I wanted to touch on the Summer Smash Showcase. That's a huge win. You know, that's another accomplishment that you earned this year alone. How has winning the showcase changed your goals and also your perception of success? It not only did that, but it also changed my perception of, like, myself. You know what I mean? I feel like, like, as an artist, it's hard to know what the right move is. And you kind of are always in this, like, cycle of feeling super confident and, like, God complex. And then you were super low and you're like insecure about your music and you don't know. So like that really solidified like my perspective of myself was like, okay, yeah, I know, I know what I'm doing. So it's weird. Cause when you're like working and doing shit, doing shows, dropping music, like you don't often have like an event, like a celebratory event. Like there's no, award show there's no like until that higher higher level so you don't really have like a congratulations moment it's just work um and so that was like a really cool experience because i because i've done shows and then you get on the bus and go home you know what i mean like i've done those type of shows mm-hmm. so this was the first time where i like did the show rocked the show everyone loves it and then i like i win something at the end and like people are telling me congratulations and stuff i'm like this is great like this is an insane feeling you said how does it change my perception of success that everything's a stepping stone you know what i mean like you can win a competition like that and and feel like it's it like you you won Mm. but now it's like okay won this what's next how do we use this to do something bigger do summer smash Okay, how do we make the most out of this experience? Make some content, meet some people. Okay, now how can we leverage who we met to do the next thing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's about building. And that kind of changed my, that's that what, that's what my perception is now, is like, how do you keep building? How do you keep going? Um, you know, you can't, nothing is the end, if that makes sense. Like, there's people who have been music artists for all their their entire lives, you know, 15, 20 years, like a successful career, and they're not done working. They're just building on what they've done. So that's kind of like where I'm at now. It's like, okay, how do we keep building? And it definitely is easy to feel like you've achieved everything you could have, especially with a moment like that. Yeah. You've earned what you've been fighting for in a sense. Yeah. 
And I've had those moments where, just like I said, I get the big interview. I get the person that I've had my eye on since day one. Mm -hmm. And I feel, damn, that shit felt good. But I also know as an artist, I got to keep working. There's a new step to achieve. There's a new goal that I have to earn. For you, what does that goal become? Being a career artist. You know, everyone has like a song that does well or like a video that does well or like a piece of content that does well. But like actually having a career is is what I'm working towards. Um, and so more specifically, you know, I just want to I want to put out projects that people can really enjoy, like in in total, like like listening front to back and be like, oh, yeah, this is like. There's no skips on this. You know what I mean? Doing a tour and like seeing everybody that listens to your music like in person and giving them like an in-person experience. Like that's what I'm, I, I'm like craving that right now. You know what I mean? And I know I'm not there yet, but we're getting there and I'm excited for it. How do you plan to get there? You just keep, keep going. That's the thing. It's like, you know, there's no, there's no direct path. Like, Maybe if this was a few years ago, we could copy our path from some other artists. But, dude, it's like a different world right now. Like, you might be working your ass off and then your neighbor is now a multi-platinum artist because of a fucking TikTok. You know what I mean? And so it's like the whole industry is turned upside down, which is not a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's like I feel like a lot of people look at it as a bad thing, but it's not. It just is what it is. So how do you adapt and get with the times? So... Yeah, I mean, like, how do we get there? We just keep moving. Keep dropping good music. Don't forget how we got here. I didn't get here because, like, of a... Like, like learning why a song resonated with people is more important than trying to, like, mimic that song. You know what I mean? Like, I can make a 100 songs about taking a bus and a train, but that's not why people gravitate toward it, towards it. It's because they just see themselves in the song and they, they they relate to it. So how do we just keep making relatable content, relatable music, and, and keep it pushing? Which then creates the question, are these events, are these experiences just as relatable for you? What do you mean? You're making this music. Uh-huh. You're thinking about how are other people going to relate. Mm-hmm. It's easy for somebody to come up with these scenarios to make it relatable to somebody. Mm-hmm. But how much of your music is expressing you? Well, that's where I'm at right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to make concept songs forever. You know what I mean? I don't want to make songs that I'm not emotionally involved in. That's not, like, who I am. I'm, you know, I'm a songwriter and I'm an artist, so I can, and I'm an actor, so I can put myself in an emotional place and be like, okay, what would it feel like if, if this happened to me? But I think music is always so much better when you're speaking directly from experience. Mm-hmm. So I think like I owe it to the listeners, to the audience, to like just keep living life and having unique experiences so I can keep creating good music. And that's what I love. That's what I love about music is that it becomes so raw, it becomes so real. Mm-hmm. It's that these experiences that you lived, I might have lived the same thing, but the way that I lived it is a little bit different. But the same emotions that are evoked from those experiences, we all feel that. For you, what are some key changes you've seen since you've won this award? Not this award, but you've won this talent show. A lot of people talk about it, which is good. I think we did a good job of, of you know, 
keeping the conversation going and, and making sure people don't forget, you know, I think like in the age of content, we're in a place now where like the most important thing is that you don't let people forget what you did. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like winning the competition was more than just a competition itself. It was like all the videos that we made about it. It was all the people that were excited for me. And then I'm responding to them and keeping the conversation just going and keeping that moment alive. So now it's more than just one night. Now it's like months and months and months long. I mean, there's people that are still interacting with those videos that I posted about it. You know what I mean? Like one of the I'm solo videos that went crazy on, on Instagram, I'm at summer smash talking about like, I think it was like, POV, you're backstage at Summer Smash, but that imposter syndrome is hitting you. It's like, that's some real shit I was feeling. Like, I was seeing all these famous people, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, do I even deserve to be here? I want a fucking talent show. Like <laughs> you said, like, I don't even know. But um, that's that's a piece of content that people are still enjoying and, you know, interacting with. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but mm. I think that's that's really the time we're in right now is, like, make, making moments longer and, and, and just sharing your accomplishments so i think oh so it was like how has things changed since then yeah what are some key changes you've seen because of all of that is like now people take me more serious you know what i mean people know like okay he's more than just a rapper from chicago or an artist from chicago now he's a a guy with some some accolades like this is a real thing he won a competition he played summer smash so now now what and that's that's a cool question that I have to answer. So when they say now what? Now it's like okay, let me drop another crazy banger. Happy ever after, boom, smash. So like it's it's a cool question to answer. Like people keep asking me now what? Like what's next? What's next? And I just keep giving them heat. Like you know what I mean? Now we're in this cycle, and it's like a give and take. Just speaking of those songs, happy ever after, I'm solo. Yeah. We mentioned Soho and Broken earlier. Yeah. Where were you mentally? I want to go song by song, but where were you mentally when you created this song? And how do you feel like creating that song has helped you get out of that space? Right. So we'll start with Broken. Broken was um, was interesting. Um, it was in the beginning of I want to see how to answer this. OK, so it's about me like becoming involved with or falling in love with someone who hasn't had the the best luck with love but I'm sort of reassuring them that neither have I and it comes in this like crazy package of a drill song um and so that was like you know new relationship and it was just it was just about that situation like here we are we could either take this serious or we could not. And I'd rather take it serious. Um, and like I said, it just I just put it in this crazy package of a drill song. Like usually you see that in like some indie rock, you know, heartbreak type of thing. But it it wasn't really that. It was kind of exciting a little bit. You know what I mean? It's And it, I feel like it should be because artistically, I mean, those are crazy emotions to feel. But they're all over the place. You're not definitively, like, sad. You're not, like, 100% this or that. It's it's complicated. And I feel like, you know, putting that song in a in a drill genre was um, 
was appropriate. I love that song because I love heartbreak music, bro. I, I, I love the feeling of, you know, I've had this conversation before where I told somebody that I'm afraid to be in love with you. I'm afraid to be so involved with be you. Vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Because, well, not even be vulnerable, but because I'm never going to feel that feeling. I'm never going to be able to relate to this music again. Mm. Is that's like a weird mm. concept, right? That's it's a like a, it's a it's a little masochistic, <laughs> but it's yeah. like for so long I've experienced these emotions, and I feel like when you know sadness, you're able to appreciate happiness. Yeah. So when I'm only happy in a sense, when I'm only able to feel this emotion of, uh, like being happy, like being glad. If I only feel happiness, I'm afraid that I'll never see that sadness again until it's like damn you're shattered right mm -hmm. but back to you know these songs soho where were you mentally and how did it help you get out of that space soho was a concept song soho was you know me kind of putting myself in the shoes of someone who who's uh in that long distance situation um you know and me kind of trying to put myself mentally in like, okay, how would I feel? And it kind of came out as like, a, you know, I don't know if you caught it, but like the first two hooks are like, you know, she said that she in Soho, but baby, I'm in love. So like a play on, on being in something. But the last hook is it's too bad you live in Soho, kind of in a triumphant way. Like, okay, well... You don't want to be here? That's fine. Like we can, we're gonna go crazy over here. So it was it was one of those things of like, you know, trying to give people an out. You know, if you're if you're feeling like you miss somebody so greatly, and you feel like you're not yourself without them, first of all, that's bullshit. Because you can totally be yourself without somebody. You can be just as successful or more without this person that you miss. Have you found yourself in that position? I think when you start a relationship um, at a young age, you are growing, physically growing a lot with this person. Physically growing. Like, you know, you're a teenager and now you're an adult and you're still together. You've spent a lot of growing time with this person. And then if y'all break up, it's easy to feel like half of an individual because you did so much growing. But I think you need to take that time to properly understand what happened, why it happened, how it happened, and how do you never go through that again. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like Soho was, was a song that I was just trying to capture that emotion of like, okay, being, being content with being alone. Like, okay, yeah, if you, like I said, if you don't want to be here, like, that's fine. We're just going to keep going crazy. Um, and that's like the, the dumbed down version of like what that song is about. But I, I think it's, it's very powerful. I think a lot of people were able to, to see themselves in it to an extent. I don't want to hit too deep. I don't want to keep digging. Do you feel like that song definitely helped you in the space that you were in at that time? Yeah, I feel like, you know, I, I try my best to be a giver. Um, you know, in my relationships, in my career, in my friendships, I try to be a giver. And it's easy to feel like, um, to, to feel a type of way if you're giving and not receiving. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you have to change the reason why 
you do those things because it could be kind of narcissistic to give things and expect things in return. Mm. So if I'm in a relationship, which I am now, and I'm giving, but expecting something in return, then that that's going to put a drain on the relationship, a strain on the relationship because it's, it's, um, it's transactional and that's not what love is supposed to be. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be generous. It's supposed to be, you know, um, peaceful, authentic, real. So, um, know why you want to do the things you want to do. If you're a giver, just give and don't expect anything in return. You know, it's ironic that you're able to make these songs now because in your UR Chicago interview, you had literally said, I don't know if I'll ever make a love song like that, like singing, singing. You remember that shit? No. No? That's crazy. Yeah. So... In in that interview, you talk about it that you know I don't know if I'd ever make a a sad love song, but and that was like the biggest song, right? And then the next one, happy ever after, happy ever after. Where were you mentally, and how how did it help you get out of that space? Clearly, clearly a heartbreak song. I didn't realize what I had until until people started really reacting to it. Mm. I've had a lot of experiences in life, and I haven't had like the songwriting ability to really capture it. So that was one of those things where like I kind of reached back into my memories, and I'm like, okay, how do I capture this moment? How do I capture this emotion in a song? And like. Far back, reaching reaching far back. <laughs> Trust me. He said, "I went back into the archives for this one." Yeah, yeah really to the archives because there's a lot of there's a lot of situations that have been buttoned up that I haven't um, explored artistically that that are valid life experiences, and I feel like you know could be explored um, in different ways. But you know, "Happy Ever After" was one of those where I make a ton of songs on live on, on TikTok Live on IG Live, and so I was on live one day. And I was just going through loops, and I found that fucking guitar. And I was like, dude, this is fucking crazy. This sounds like some emo shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I put it in, in Pro Tools. Yeah, boys, for, real. for real. I was like, man, this sounds like like it, but I don't know what I would do. So I was kind of going through different um, ideas and stuff. And I, I think the first thing that I came up with was um, the verse. So like the, I miss when you hold me. I was like, okay, that's cool. That kind of captures the vibe, but that doesn't really sound like the hook. What's the hook? And I was like, you said in time. And then it started to click. It started to just kind of flow. And I was like, I said, I'm reaching back in the archives. I'm like, okay, what, what would I have said in those moments way back when? Um, and so it just kind of kept flowing. You know what I mean? Like, It'll all get better. It all gets better. It's not. You lied. And it just kind of came out very organically. Like, it's very conversational. There's no, like, real bars or, like, punchlines in that song. But it's just real, like, raw emotion. Um, and I feel like that's why that's why I was resonating. I, I'm solo, too. There's not a ton of, like, bars. I don't know if there's a single bar in there. But it's just real. And I think that there's there's a lot to be said there about, like, songs that are crazy lyrically or songs that are like crazy lyrically like listen to what i'm saying because it's real some real shit and that's the part that always gets lost yeah. people don't always listen to what somebody's saying they can feel the emotion as much as they want but really listen to the lyric listen to what i'm saying because it can be that bad for some people mm -hmm. to the point where they don't know how to express it other than their music yeah juice world was a perfect example that man made some great music 
but at the end of the day all these people that were relating to it all these people that were saying like damn i'm sad too nobody was asking is juice world okay yeah yeah and that's one of those situations where you know i'm sure there's more layers to it than than we know Mm -hmm. um you know he obviously had people around him that that were were trying um actually i went to this uh social work summit where those those same people that hosted the rising stars event and they had juice world's old manager there and someone asked him that same question they were like you know like what what role do you play as a member of his team like to make sure that he's good and he basically just said like all you can do is offer your support like as a friend all you can do is be there for them but at the end of the day people are gonna make their own decisions and you have to just make sure that you always offer yourself like uh, be available and make sure that they know your advice and your um your friendship it's not like a manipulation you know because you could get in a headspace where you feel like people are not there for you for real and you can start to psych yourself out and get in your own head um and that's that's a whole different conversation but just to constantly you know give yourself give yourself up for that person and make sure that they're they know you're there for real and so that's like like you said juice world you know any artist that's feeling like that um like they don't have another outlet except for the music just know that you you always do like have another outlet there's always another way there's no reason to bottle it all up let's get back to it though let's do it let's take it back to the songs right yeah let's move to i'm solo where were you mentally when you made that one? Obviously, that one seems to resonate with so many different people. Pandemic hit, so I, I was working a ton of jobs at the same time. I was working at um, a clothing store. I don't know if I should name them, but... Well, yeah, I mean, so I was working at Abercrombie. I was working at Trader Joe's, and I was working at two other studios as an engineer. And, like, the pandemic hit, so Abercrombie closed. Uh, I got fired from Trader Joe's because I gave somebody a discount that didn't work there. You know, shame on me. And then um, I got fired from the other two studios for, you know, uh, budget reasons and other things. And I had an opportunity to kind of really sit by myself for the first time in a while. You know, I've never not had a job. Like, I've always been working or I was in school or, like, I was doing something. So it was in the middle of, like, winter break, pandemic. I had no job, so I had to just sit at home and just think, like, damn, what the hell did I want to do? And that was kind of the inspiration for this song. Um, I went I went to L.A. Um, and I met a ton of really talented songwriters and producers. Um, one of them is named Viz. He's an artist in, in L.A. He's a so- crazy songwriter. I just signed to APG. Shout out, Viz. Um, that's my dog. And kind of hearing his music and, and the music, because he's, he's writing for, like, top artists so like hearing that level of songwriting with that level of production you know like platinum selling producers and just being in the studio and just soaking that in and realizing what I need to do to write songs like that as soon as I got home and this is last year as soon as I got home I wrote I'm solo I wrote losing sleep I wrote um which which I'm dropping tomorrow um I wrote a ton of songs like that I was very, very lyrically proud of, like musically proud of, not just, oh yeah, I snapped, but like music, like this is real music to me. 
and so yeah like literally just capturing that emotion after after not having a job and and just sitting in my room and just being like yeah i used to take the bus to a train to a place that i hate for the rest of the day like that's not a bar that's just some real shit you know what i mean and just building it from there um so yeah like what type of mental state was i at i was in a very defeated like mind state but or a very defeated headspace but it's kind of like empowering because you kind of have no nowhere else to go after that you can't go any lower Mm -hmm. so it's time to really put that work in you know so i'm solo is really just realizing that it's up to me and that's why i fuck with your music bro i just wanted you know thank you give you your flowers and give you your props for that because There's not that many artists that I personally would go out of my way to reach out to them. Don't get an answer. All right, let me find his manager. Mm-hmm. Let me reach out to the manager. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's so many different ways we can go. But I definitely wanted to sit down and have this conversation with you. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. For you, how does writing these songs, how do these songs now compare to what you had before with VIP yeah. with Hunted with, <laughs> uh, with uh, what was the other one Gucci Gabbana <laughs> yeah ouch I'm a fan of music um I'm a fan of artists I'm a fan of of you know artists that have really found their sound and really crafted it over time and 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 have something that they could stand on top of and be proud of and so in that like 2016 era, because I, I didn't grow up listening to rap in my household. You know, my, my dad's kind of older, so we're listening to a ton of like Motown. We're listening to Smokey Robinson. We're listening to Bill Withers, you know, a ton of Jackson 5. My mom, she she was a fan of rock, so we're listening to a lot of Green Day. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a ton of rap. So when I first started listening to rap, it was from school, you know, from other kids are playing. And so, you know, Speaker Knockers was one that was insane. It opened my eyes. Um... And then, like, whatever the hits were. But then, like, 2016, like, Uzi and Yachty and Kodak and, and, and you know, that whole XXL class was, it just marked, like, a new generation for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, these guys are crazy. And Uzi especially. I was like, man, you could sing and rap. Like, it seems so simple now because everyone does it. But at the time, I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like, he doesn't sound like anybody. Um, and then obviously, you know, Chief Keef, um, obviously, like just having having your own cadence and really car- carving your own lane um, really was inspiring. But then I came at it from a fan perspective of like trying to copy that and chase a sound that I was that I that I was a fan of, which is fine. But then you learn your lesson after some time and you realize, you know, if you're chasing a sound, you're always behind. That's what chasing is. So after realizing that and then having my, you know, whatever life experience and, and finding more inspiration for music, sitting down and realizing, you know, okay, I'm going to have to just do this my own way. I can't really pay attention to people anymore. So I don't really even listen to music anymore. I just make music how I feel like it should be made. Mm-hmm. And and Sean kind of laughs at me sometimes, but I literally, I literally just do what the song tells me to do. Like when I'm in the studio and I hear a crazy beat or I hear a crazy guitar riff or I hear a crazy piano lick or something, I'm like, okay, I I know what the song is about. Like I can hear it. I know this is a heartbreak song or like this is a 
this is a, a, a club song or this is lit or whatever. I can hear it. I just, it's just about getting it out now. Cause I, I'm, I don't know who said this. It might've been Michael Jackson, but he said like ideas are in the ether. You know what I mean? So, somebody said this ideas are in the ether and you just had to like pull them down. You know, they're not yours. And, and it kind of takes the, the pressure off a little bit, you know, like I'm not coming up with the ideas. I'm just kind of fishing for ideas. I'm thinking I'm, I'm like trying to find something. And once I find it, I grab onto it and we just go crazy. So, yeah. So like all those songs that you named, Hunted and Gucci Gabbana, that was me kind of chasing a sound that I, that I thought would take me to where I wanted to go. And after having some time to myself and realizing I had to do this in my own way, I just stopped really finding inspiration in other people's music and just now I'm just doing whatever. What was the moment that made you realize that though? That experience I told you where I was hanging around with all those songwriters and producers in LA and kind of like seeing so so many people kind of doing it at such a high level. It was inspiring to me. Um, because it, it it showed me that you can approach it in a in a bunch of different ways, you know that there wasn't like this silver bullet of how to blow up in the industry and and looking back, it's like obvious like all the artists that blew up in that twenty sixteen era that I mentioned, they sound so different but and and that's one thing that I just learned kind of like the hard way was just like there's so many ways you could attack this music shit, just do it your way. There's no reason to try to do it somebody else's way. That's when you get the industry plant vibe. And you see the difference in the music. Yeah, you, you see literally. the ma- you see the major you feel difference. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the songs that you've created that you just listed, the songs we just listed out. I see the major difference, and I love the music that's being put out right now because, just like you said, there's that emotion to it. There's those stories. There's those experiences that every single person has had but not everybody's as talented or gifted enough to be able to capture it. You've been doing this shit for a minute. You started with Exit the Premises. Um, and I've been waiting to get to this one because, you know, it's where you are, where it's where you started. So yeah. go ahead and talk about The Collective. Shout out ETP, Exit the Premises. They're, um, we are an artist collective um, from Chicago, but now we're kind of branched out all around the world. We have a ton of artists and producers stationed in different cities um different countries and we're all just kind of uh just a bunch of creatives that and and we collaborate um it started off as just a couple rappers um and our mascot is the etp alien and that was kind of to signify like you know the 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 kids that didn't necessarily feel like they fit in you know, not not in the traditional way, but just creatively. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that are totally fine with, you know, going to school and graduating and getting a job and, you know, work and then get promoted and then become a, you know, whatever. And that's dope. Like, go crazy. But this ETP was full of people that were like, fuck that. And so now we're here and we're... Um, building it i'm i'm building it my way they're building it their way and we're just a bunch of like independent artists just kind of like doing our thing and, and trying to make music the way we we want to how do you feel like the dynamic has changed over time because you guys have been through a couple different phases mm-hmm. 
from what I read, I don't know if it was titled yet, but it originally started off as like a gaming group. Yeah. Then you guys went into making videos for those gaming. Yeah. And then you had a manager at one point. So mm -hmm. you you guys have gone through a lot of different phases together, yeah. especially you. You started from shooting your own music videos on an iPad to now you're getting your music videos shot by people like Diamond, Dog Food, winning Lyrical Lemonade, shit like that. So being able to reflect on all of that. Just knowing why we do the shit we do, we could do anything and, and we know why we're there. You know, we're, we're there to build the brand and do creative shit and, and, and do stuff that's engaging and entertaining to, to an audience. And it's always been that and whatever, like flavor that comes in whatever genre that is that comes in it's it's authentic to us you know what i mean so like you said we started off with gaming um and that was us kind of trying to find our purpose um we got a couple thousand subscribers off that that was really cool um but then it's was, it was kind of funny we we needed a channel trailer you know like on youtube you need like a, a video that's going to be at the front and so i was like fuck it like we all kind of rap like let's do a music video and just promote ourselves that way so we made the music video on an iPad and it didn't go like crazy viral or nothing, but like we all went to different schools. Pretty much everyone's school knew about it. And after that, I was like, man, we should just be rappers. Like we should make music. Like, you know what I mean? And, and maybe that's funny because it's like, you know, it didn't really go crazy. Like there was nothing about it that was like, oh yeah, y'all are going to make it based off that video. But just making art, doing something that you love, putting it out and having people unprovoked talk to you about it was like a cool feeling and i think like that was like the switch that turned we're like okay yeah let's let's make music so then we had a manager um who was trying to put us in position get us like a record deal or something it didn't really work out he ended up going to another label this is crazy how like full circle life is because like you know he found us he fucks with us then he goes and does his own thing we kind of change our model from like a group to now a collective which kind of opened it up creatively, and now everyone kind of has their own lane, which is really cool. And then that guy who was our manager is now turned around, and now he's on the team, and we're, you know, he's helping Sean and I build what we've been doing in 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 Chicago. So it's like, you know, life is a circle. You know, the earth is round. Shit comes around. You know what I mean? Like shit, just that's shit, just happens in in that way, and and, and it's really cool. So. Um, yeah, no, definitely a ton of phases and, and a lot more phases to come. We're trying to get back into uh, YouTube um, and try to find our voice on there and, and see what type of content we can do. Mm. What do you feel like has been the biggest change for you personally? When we talked, you mentioned, you know, being able to reflect on my goals back then versus now. But... I'm kind of, you know, we've talked so much about business-wise. What about you as a person? What's been the biggest change for you? And what do you what do you see as, like, I guess I want to word this better, right? What do you see as the biggest change from you then to now? I was worried about um, the wrong shit. I was worried about getting verified. I was worried about, you know getting the the big shows and i was worried about you know blogs and like who's gonna fuck with me and you know getting a feature from big rappers and like you know how are we gonna do that big videos you know i was worried about the wrong shit and because i was worried about the wrong shit the music suffered and i told you like i, I was making shit that i thought was gonna blow up that means i wasn't really doing shit that was creatively authentic to me 
So now I'm in a place where music first, period. Music first, then the content. Content being TikTok, Instagram, TikTok being, or, or content being music videos, content being interviews, content being, you know, the, the stuff that's meant to, like, embellish the music. But music always comes first. Getting big features from artists, getting big music videos, trying to do the Lyrical Lemonade, trying to do the festivals, music comes first, though. And when the music comes first, that's when you, you actually can do all of those other things in an authentic way. We can. There's actually something to talk about here. You know what I mean? When If I did an interview about Hunted, like, man, what was the inspiration for Hunted? Like, I don't fucking know. No, I just made it. I just made it. Exactly. And there's nothing to talk about because it's not, it's not uh, substantial. It's not real. So, um, yeah, biggest difference, music first. But aside from music, yeah. you personally, as a person. Just trying to make sure that I'm in a good headspace so I could tackle everything. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's a lot of music that needs to be made. There's a lot of... Um, you know, as an actor, doing auditions, making sure I'm getting to places on time. It's a lot of it's a lot of work. You know, what I mean, making sure I'm, I'm staying fit, staying healthy. You know, managing my time appropriately, making sure my friends, my family get time from me. You know, I'm not leaving anybody in the dust. Like it takes it's, it takes a lot of work, and so making sure that I'm just at peace in my mind that I'm not overwhelmed. That's like a huge thing on my mind right now. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, I told you I took like a year and I turned my brain off and I just did content. Like, that was really good for me, but I can't do that again. I can't turn my brain off. There's too much. You know what I mean? I'm, I, I have people that I love that I want to make sure they're good. I have, you know, a family. I have uh, my friends. I have, you know, just shit I got to manage. And so I can't afford to to just focus on me all the time. And because of that, you know, um, yeah, peace. Peace is like huge. I think that's a dope thing that you touched on the relationships aspect. Yeah. When you're so focused on just creating, when you're so focused on what you got going on, you forget about the people around you. You forget about maintaining these relationships. They're just like plants. You gotta, you gotta water them. You gotta give them attention daily, and you gotta make sure that these people, these relationships, are flourishing. You might not see the growth consistently every single day, but it's growing and you know it'll one day bloom. How do you feel like your relationships were being impacted during this time? Well, I didn't really have any relationships during that time. Well, because of the pandemic, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, on top of that, like I just wasn't caring about shit else but TikTok. You know what I mean? And and like I said, it, it worked out. It gave me enough time to really understand how to make videos, what I what worked, what didn't work. My like it, it gave me time to figure out my voice on there but um like i said i can't do that again um now that i have that information and i have that skill i can i can do it in moderation and i can do it in a way that's that's authentic to me and that's not emotionally draining me and sean didn't really talk during that time obviously it was pandemic like you said so i wasn't even popping out for real i wasn't really hanging out with people it was just like me in my room you know, go to school. I wasn't really talking to nobody. Like, wasn't anybody concerned? Well, yeah, I mean, but it wasn't like I was like, you know, you know, mad as fuck all the time or something. Like, I was still me, but I just wasn't, I just wasn't tapping in with people. And I was just, I was just doing stuff. I was just making 
TikToks and shit. You know what I mean? And it was one of those things where, like, I slowly got back into it. So, um, you know, working at uh, the studio through that experience, I met a bunch of influencers. That was cool, and that kind of opened my brain up to the network that was a, that was possible in the city. It inspired me to, like, make sure I was tapping back in with everybody. So it slowly came back. Um, but now I'm in a place where, like, I just can't, I can't be to myself anymore. Is that just, like, a personal thing? Like, are you an extrovert? I feel like I am because I, I make content, I do shows, and I, but I'm very much, like, cool with being in the crib. You know what I mean? Did I you say you hate people and I'm solo? <laughs> I mean, did I say that? What did I say? Oh, it's not a lot of people that I like, I know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's not a lot of people. I mean, like, I think... I have a network of people that I that um that that I fuck with and and there's there's some relationships that are professional only there's some relationships that are friendships and professional relationships there's ones that are just friendships and I feel like you know maturing is realizing what's what and making sure you're not asking um too much of people that 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 it's it's not that you know what I mean that's not the relationship y'all have um, and so, yeah, that was like part of the growing process, too, it was like um, knowing who to, to ask what from who and what's appropriate and, and, and how to water the plants. You know, some plants need more water than others. You know what I mean? Some plants you need to water once a year. Get you a cactus. <laughs> Get you a cactus. <laughs> Man, no, nah, I really love the answers you're giving. And, I, you know, I love the insight that you're able to bring to the table because, I've had so many conversations, man, that I feel like me personally, I repeat what I'm saying. So at this point in stage, yeah, I, I love to still have the conversation, but it's more so I'm probably going to be repeating some shit I've said already. It's easy to talk in circles sometimes, but you, you ask some good questions, though. There's a lot of, of real shit in there. Appreciate it. The You Are Chicago video, man. I felt like it was a great thing to bring up because you wanted to talk about the difference between then versus now. And once again, I've seen, I see the growth. I see the growth as like, when you watch that video, you see how little you are. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like two completely different people yeah. and the different type of music you're making now. So, man, at that time, you said your dream collaboration was LV. Yeah. You ended up making that shit happen. Uh, you said that one of your main goals in the industry is to bridge gaps. How do you feel about that now? When I said bridge gaps, was I, what was I specifically talking about? You were talking about bridging gaps as far as all your different types of interests. So you mentioned how you were into architecture, but you also love music, but you also love movies. I'm at a cool point in my career now where like everything's starting to like boil. You know what I mean? Everything's starting to bubble up. Um, like I said, I, I cut my hair because I did that acting gig. So now that's like, boom, that's that's on the resume you know what i mean first feature length film that's really cool a year before that um in 2021 september did my first short and then a year before that i did chicago pd so now like here's things that are stacking up you know what i mean so like right now and that's on the acting tip on music you know do dropping songs that are doing good doing the the rising stars competition so now things are starting to bubble up and and i'm just trying to keep building so like me myself as a brand bridging the gap between that the music and the acting is really important to me right now how do i how can i do something like that where 
you know, the fans of the music can go enjoy uh, a TV show that I'm in. And then the fans of the TV show can discover I have an album out that's do that's that's crazy, and they could enjoy the music. Maybe some of the music's in the in the show, you know. What I mean, okay, boom. Now now I'm up here, architecture. How can I maybe build a studio in in Chicago that's that's affordable for for kids to start, you know, having prof professional sessions, or or build a label in here and and start signing people from the from the crib, and giving them a platform and and trying to do that. So boom. Now now we're up here. Okay, how do I, you know what I mean? Just keep keep building it in different ways. If you got to choose a lane, though, yeah. what do you think that decision comes down to? Because there's so many different artists that have done it. And it's hard to balance both. You think of somebody like Justin Timberlake, did music, then went to acting, came back to music, but he was never really doing both at the same time. You think of another person like Rotimi. Rotimi is in power, but he also has his music. Not many people know that he's doing both. I think it all comes down to to what the artist truly wants to do. If they're just doing, if if they're at a point where they just want income, you know what I mean, and they've been working their ass off, putting out albums after album, and it's streaming, and then they get a fucking role on a TV show, and they're making more money off the show than they are in the music, stay on the show. But for me, like. I'm trying to build both of them kind of parallel to each other. I want one to work for the other and vice versa. You know, you look at Harry Styles. He's one of the biggest artists of all time right now. Maybe not of all time, but biggest artist right now. And and he just did Don't Worry Darling. That was a great movie. He was in Dunkirk and he's he's in uh, Eternals, the Marvel movie. He's a, he's a demon. You know what I mean? He's going crazy. So that's and, and he's on a world tour right now. You didn't even mention the king, bro. Bad Bunny. Oh yeah, Bad Bunny. He did uh, Bullet Train. Yeah. He was great in Bullet Train. Yeah, and and you know, number one artist. There's definitely ways to balance both. Um, if you want to, if you if if it's something you really want to do, you you I feel like you make it happen. You figure it out. Well, hopefully both happen, bro. I'm yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing your success. Thank you. That's not it though. Another quote you had. You took it from a TED talk that you watched during your senior year of school. I th believe it was says walls are put in place for you to break through and show you how bad you want it that's tough how relatable is that quote to you now and from when you said it back then what do you feel like is the major difference man that is a crazy quote i mean i think it's still it's still true and it's still valid like as artists you know we're we're trying to travel the the road less traveled or whatever that phrase is you know we're going down the path less traveled and so because of that you're going to reach a lot of walls a lot of obstacles that you got to find your way around through under over you got to figure it out because if you let it if, if you let it get to you and you quit you only lose if you quit a lot of people feel like you know i just dropped a song it's not doing good so i'm losing like no like if you quit doing what you love that's when you lose you win when you stay alive you win by surviving in this crazy fucking entertainment world um and so yeah i think i think it still holds true i i i still love live by that you know like i a huge huge wall that we talked about already was like you know learning how to get off the ground 
um, as an artist during the pandemic, trying to figure out what where my voice was. And TikTok was like the new thing. And I'm like, okay, I got to figure this thing out if I really want to make it or, or else I'm going to just keep waiting for Superman. You know, I'm going to keep waiting for somebody to come down and, and sign me. Why would I want that if I'm just if I have the power to do it? All I got to do is figure out how to make cool videos. Okay, cool. Give me a year. So I let, did did all those videos for a year and now and now we're here. You're verified on TikTok at this point, right? No, no, no. Nah. Hey, bro, TikTok needs to give you that sponsorship <laughs> for real. No, I don't have any any blue checks, but but I'm starting to get some blue checks. That quote when I heard that shit, that shit was crazy. I was like, I need to pull that. I need to say that shit again because, yeah, there's so many obstacles that are going to be put in your way throughout your life. No matter no matter if you're an artist, no matter if you're a regular everyday person, everybody's going through a struggle that we don't see. But there's this imaginary wall in front of them. And sometimes just to wake up is a struggle for those people. I think everyone has the potential to be great, but you have to really see it. And, and we live in a world now where it's 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 getting harder and harder to see your own potential. I mean, you you open your phone every day and you see somebody else going crazy, driving a, you know, Bugatti, fucking, you know what I mean? Like, get crazy lamb trucks, crazy houses, crazy, you know, Drake bought a Boeing 737 in the middle of a pandemic. You know what I mean? It was like, man, who is, like, that's crazy. Meanwhile, we're all trying to, you know, get stimmy checks and whatever. And not not saying anything about him. I mean, he's he's going crazy. He's a business owner. He's, you know, spent his money. But it's easy to see that and be discouraged. And it's one of those things of like, okay, how can I see that and be inspired? How can I see that and and feel like I can do it too instead of why don't I have that? And it's it's a it's a mindset thing. You know what I mean? It's it's the ability to kind of see into the future and be like, okay, I really see greatness for myself. How do we get there? I don't know, but let's just start working. And like they say, envy, what is it? Fuck, it's not envy. Jealousy, no. Fuck, I can't remember. Something but, like that. But, you know, one of those quotes where jealousy breeds envy or some shit. Yeah. But, or they're the same shit. But you you get the point. Jealousy is a powerful thing in a negative way. It it can It has the power to really shut you down and really make you feel less than when in reality that person's not even thinking about you they're just sharing their success with the world and so if you're letting that you know get into your head and and make you feel like you're less than you know you're not built for this there's a ton of people in the industry that are going crazy making a ton of money and if you if you let that their success like someone else winning does not mean that you're losing they're just they're just winning so, like I said, dude, like, the only way you lose is if you quit. And let's close it out, man. So, I wanted to take a lyric. I always take a lyric. But this one's from Say Goodbye Hollywood by Eminem. Eminem says, I love my fans, but no one ever puts a grasp on the fact I've sacrificed everything I have. I never dreamt I'd get to the level that I'm at. This is whack. This is more than I ever could have asked. Everywhere I go, a hat, a sweater, hood, or mask. And he's talking about it in the sense that we dream about these things. We dream about this level of success where we can't go outside, where everybody recognizes us. And it feels good. It feels good to know that these people are going to recognize me and know my name forever just because of an art I was creating, because I was putting out my emotions, because I was letting people know what was going on in my life. 
and the more you grow, the faster this is going to happen. Is there a level of success, a level of fame that you're scared to reach? No. Why? I'll say it like this. I think, I think I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. And he couldn't go anywhere. You're trying to make people faint with ju- just the look of you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, do the Super Bowl and get shot up from the floor and stand there for seven minutes. And and everyone's screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah. I don't There's There's nothing less. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? You know, why Why stop at a world? Why, why stop at a, at a Midwest tour? Why stop at a national tour? Why stop at an international tour? Let's do a fucking show on the moon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why why stop anywhere? Do you feel like there would ever be a point where you look back on that and you say, man, I wish this wasn't my reality? No. no. That's a good problem to have. That is a good problem to have. It's also a good question to think about. Yeah, that's true. Shit, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you sitting down to take the time and, you know, chop it up. Make sure you guys go ahead and stream that new song, Losing Sleep. Yes, sir. Please do. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. And shit, drop a like. Sad boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.